Hello, and welcome to another edition of Blue Marble Podcast, where I talk about ways to put your green faith into action and to manifest good magic for the planet. I'm your host, Rev Charbert, with Circle Sanctuary, Green Faith, and the Climate Reality Project. As always, I want to give a big shout out to all you eco-warriors out there who work to honor and protect this blue marble planet with all of its wonderful diversity and biodiversity. Thank you to all of you out there who are standing up, taking action, speaking truth to power, guarding and defending our sacred earth and the most vulnerable communities among us, both human and non-human. I hope this podcast continues to educate and to motivate. For those of you listening in, Circle Sanctuary is North America's largest and most established nature-based faith organization. It's a growing network representing different eco-spirituality traditions, and it is deeply committed to eco-activism and eco-justice as part of its mission and vision. We are also a sponsoring circle with Green Faith, a growing international and interfaith climate justice movement. So this month, I'm talking about stoking your home forge with home heat pumps. What's a heat pump, you ask? Well, heat pumps are a clean energy alternative to central heating sourced by fossil fuels. That means coal, oil, and gas. So what's up with that? Well, let's take a look. And my disclaimer, of course, is that I am not an HVAC expert. So if you are ready to make a purchase, then obviously you want to contact a reputable HVAC expert in your area, ask them to do a site consultation with you, and hopefully you are able to make a good, well-informed decision about moving forward on a heat pump. HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, just in case you didn't already know that. So now this podcast is first being broadcast in February. 2023, and it's in bulk month. So when I think in bulk, I of course think about the goddess Bridget, whose elements are water and fire. She is patron of blacksmithery, among other things. So the image of a forge comes to mind with fire and water commingling in her forge. That's got me thinking about geothermal, anything geothermal having to do with fire and water, you know, steam and maybe a little air and fire and water. It has to do with hearth and home and energy. So working with the central energy system of your home is working with your core, with your core sources of energy that you commingle with every day up close and personal in a very real way. And yeah, it matters. But first, let's talk about why even consider a heat pump. What are the advantages of going through all that effort to convert what you've already got? Answer? Basically, it's a really good way to cut your home carbon footprint, reducing your emissions, which is good for the planet we all love and care for. And it's a great way to cut real costs on your energy bill. So there's a good chance installing a heat pump will pay for itself in a short amount of time. So there's a win-win here in making a switch, either when your old HVAC system is on end-of-life support and needs to be replaced anyway, so go with the greener option, or if you can, maybe sooner than that if you just want to take advantage of current rebates and innovative clean technology. Now, a little backstory here. Back in 2019, Scientific American reported that the U.S. was ignoring the climate benefits of heat pumps, 
Even though research had clearly shown that a wider adoption of heat pump technology for heating and cooling homes could sharply reduce global fossil fuel emissions. But the solution has received relatively little policy support and its advantages are poorly understood by consumers. The study was led by researchers from Columbia University's Center on Global Energy Policy. And it suggested that further innovation with heat pumps combined with regulatory measures could eliminate 12% of global greenhouse gas emissions from the heating and cooling sectors. You know, that adds up. The Columbia University study was called Decarbonizing Space Heating with Air Source Heat Pumps. And it only focused on one kind of heat pump. The study focused on zero carbon electricity. That's the decarbonization demonstrating how heat pumps can be competitive with natural gas-fired equipment in three U.S. cities. They looked at Atlanta, San Diego, and Fargo, North Dakota. And the USA has been criticized for not adopting zero-carbon electricity heat pumps more rapidly, even though they were proven by this study and others to be extremely effective, both environmentally and economically. So, you know, I'm guessing we can all figure out why the political will on that has been slow. Just look at how much fossil fuel corporations fund. No, I'm going to say literally own so many of our politicians. Really, seriously. By comparison, about three years ago, in Japan, heat pumps were like a third of the space heating sector. And the government in Japan promoted consumer education. They promoted higher heat pump product quality. At the same time, China was promoting heat pumps, and they were giving subsidies for installation of up to 90% of costs in all of the northern provinces for people to install them. And that's where coal-fired heating was traditionally dominant. So meanwhile, in America, existing policies have been not at all sufficient, insufficient to achieve zero emissions with heat pumps. And that the biggest barrier has been a lack of information provided to consumers about the technology's improving performance and cost. Now, that tells me that even when government is slow to move on policy, our consumer power, you and me, our consumer power can have real impact on the market. It is in this heating sector. It is in this case. In September 2022, the International Energy Agency, known as IEA, they released an important report providing a global analysis on the whole heating sector because it's such a big contributor of greenhouse gas emissions. And that analysis showed that almost half of energy demand for buildings was used for space and water heating in 2021, almost half. And even though good heating decarbonization technology continues to grow, Fossil fuels still meet over 60% of heating energy demand, over 60%. Why? Russia's invasion of Ukraine and all the related risks to the energy security provide a real wake-up call. And they provide a real opening for a rapid transition away from fossil fuel-based heating, particularly in Europe. There are calls and actions all over the place to move away from fossil fuel grids. Yet, despite the need and the ability to make this transition, we've got to do it a whole lot faster to get on track with net zero emissions by 2050. So the time is absolutely now. 
The bad news is that overall carbon two emissions from space and water heating and buildings was at an all time high. Boo, boo in 2021. All time high, it went up 5.5%. Now those, those buildings were mostly business buildings, business offices, but what the heck? On the other hand, the good news though, was that during that same time frame in residential buildings, the carbon, uh, the CO2 emissions dropped almost 40%. And that was because of much tighter building energy codes for homes, as well as shifts away from these really inefficient fossil fuel boilers and greater use of heat pumps and renewable heating equipment. So, yay, does it matter? Yeah, it sounds like it really does. Now, fast forward a bit. President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act in August of 2022. That's known as the IRA. And to date, the IRA is the largest ever U.S. federal legislation addressing climate change. It invested $369 billion, $369 billion in clean energy sources and technologies that improve energy efficiency. Part of this includes offering really big rebates and tax incentives to homeowners who purchase heat pumps. It's called the High Efficiency Electric Home Rebate Act. Hee-raw, hee-raw. The official name of the IRA's heat pump incentive program. And it offers point of sale rebates on any heat pump, any heat pump from home heating and cooling up to $8,000. And what point of sale means is that the rebate amount, it's just automatically deducted when you purchase at the counter. You don't have to you know, mail away for it. It's just taken off the price when you buy it. So the HERA rebates are available now for low and moderate income households. And the amount of each rebate depends upon your household income and the heat pump you choose. So you need to know the median household income of the area in which you live. Because if your household income is 80% below your area's median income, you will receive the maximum rebate. And that will cover 100% of the cost of your new heat pump, up to $8,000. 100% covered if you're below the median household income in your area, right? 80% below. Now, if your household income is 81 to 150% of your area's median income, you'll receive up to 50% off the heat pump cost. If your household income exceeds 150% of your area's median income, you still receive a 30% tax credit of up to $2,000 on new heat pumps. So the HERA heat pump rebates are significant for low-income homeowners. According to Home Advisor, heat pump costs an average of eh, almost six grand. And in most cases, Low-income households will get a new heat pump for free. Middle-income households will save an average of almost three grand on a new heat pump. And above-middle-income households will get an average tax credit of almost two grand. And what you'll want to check out with your HVAC expert is what is the cost-benefit, right? How much could you expect to save on your current utility bill versus the cost of installing the heat pump minus the rebate? Will it pay for itself soon? So that in economic incentive has jump-started conversation about heat pumps for a lot of folks who never considered it before. 
and today's heat pump can reduce your electricity use for heating by approximately 50% compared to the electric resistance heating like furnaces and baseboard heaters. I mean, that's a big reduction. To reduce your electricity use for heating by approximately 50% in your home. Wow. High efficiency heat pumps also dehumidify better than standard central air conditioners, and that results in less energy used and even more cooling comfort in the summer months. And especially when inflation is high, oh my gosh, and power utility costs are going up and fossil fuel power grids are totally maxed. I'm talking natural gas, electricity drawn from coal and oil. They are taxed to the max now in freezing weather or scorching heat waves. And we're sick and tired of seeing grids collapse and power outages. You know, it's it's just crazy. Um, when we see all of this going on, uh, it's really time to start transitioning to a much, much greener and cleaner grid. Um, we recently installed a home solar system through Sunrun, one we're financing with no money down. And we have set our utility bill now at a fixed rate. And we're adding energy into the grid and we're getting credits back from PG&E, which is the state utility for any gas use. But in the winter, over 50% of our use is still central heating coming from the gas furnace that came with the house. So the solar energy isn't as yet affecting that. And the bill for that has skyrocketed. And I'm not alone. My PG&E bill is over $300 a month right now. And we are low energy consumers. It's just horrible. So we want, as soon as we can, to replace our gas central heating with some kind of heat pump solution that will lower the costs and get rid of the gas use at all, right? And when we can do that, we will be drawing upon entirely clean solar energy source to fuel our heating, heat our water, and even electric car charging, as well as all of the other electricity in the house. And we will save money on utilities and gas too. So again, Here's where the economic argument is so helpful in making the case for switching. I mean, everybody, we are sick and tired of the cost of living. Even if we totally get climate change or not, we definitely all get not being able to pay the utility bill or to make the budget. So for now, and I'm talking February 2023, information about how to get a heat pump rebate is coming out soon when the state governments start executing the HERA rebates. So keep an eye out for those. The Department of Energy is getting ready to issue state guidelines this spring. And the IRA heat pump tax credits are expected to go into effect this spring too. So go Bridget Power, right? To receive your tax credit, save your receipt if you buy a heat pump and declare it on your tax return. Another thing about the big picture before we get into the details of the heat pumps are the regulatory changes happening in the HVAC industry at large. And this is where our advocacy does affect policy. Most HVAC equipment, which includes central air conditioners and gas furnaces, they require a lot of electricity to operate. And that creates a lot of CO2 emissions. And as the world, we've seen it on the news, it's experiencing more extreme temperatures due to climate change. We rely on our HVAC systems all the more, right, to stay comfortable. So this is a negative feedback loop, folks. And if we don't develop new eco-friendly standards and technologies fast, 
global warming will only get worse. So the 2023 HVAC regulations are meant to move toward more energy efficient green products. And we all need to keep an eye on making sure the HVAC industry keeps moving forward. So if you use the Climate Action Now app, or if you watch your state legislation, there are um, in climate conscious states, new policies being introduced about HVAC reg regulations. If you wanna know how to use the Climate Action Now app, you can download it, but we have another Blue Marble podcast called Climate Action Now that it explains the whole story there about that and how to use it for free. So keeping it real with a caveat here, you gotta know if a heat pump is gonna work well in your area. Heat pumps can work in temperatures below zero Fahrenheit and colder. Some manufacturer designs um, have special models that perform better in more extreme climates. However, heat pumps do not perform at their most efficient when the temperature reaches freezing. Many homeowners in very cold areas have to supplement their heat pumps with maybe a furnace or space heaters for limited use. Doing this can still reduce energy consumption and get you your IRA incentives, your rebates. Same thing with cooling. Your heat pump might not deliver peak cooling performance at temperatures above 100 Fahrenheit. You know, you might need a ceiling fan or a portable air conditioner to keep you comfortable if you live in an area that all the time is experiencing excessive heat, like on a regular basis. So it's important to know the weather trends in your area as part of your consultation and how those are changing. But in moderate climates, heat pumps are an energy efficient alternative to furnaces and air conditioners. And I love the fact it can do both. Um, anyone who's a science geek out there could explain it way better than me right now, but here's what I'm understanding. Excuse me, I'm gonna try and get a little technical in the next few minutes, but you'll get the gist. And if I can get it, then certainly you can get it. So heat pumps do use electricity, but they can produce two to three times more heat output than they consume in electricity input. So heat pump systems, they're, they're extracting more heat energy from the surrounding environment than they take to run. And renewable energy sources like solar power and wind energy are increasingly powering our systems as we're trying to get onto greener grids. And that means the electricity that's used to power heat pumps is also able to become cleaner as we transition away from a fossil fuel grid. So when I mentioned us switching to a home solar powered system, if we also get a heat pump, now we can really feel a green, clean energy synergy happening because we're reducing the amount of fossil fuel energy we're using and the electricity we're generating is coming from sun and not fossil fuels either. A heat pump works a bit like a refrigerator in reverse. That's the best way to think about it. Instead of keeping your food cool though, it's warming your home. Using a refrigerant, which can then evaporate into gas and condenses into liquid. So the source of heat, which is air outside or warmth from the ground, is blown or pumped over the heat exchange surface of the heat pump. This heat is warm enough to cause the special refrigerant liquid in it to evaporate and turn into a gas. And the gas then moves through a compressor, which increases the pressure and so causes the temperature to rise in the heat pump. The gas, which is now heated, is passed over the internal heat exchange surface 
And that heat can then either be blown around the interior of the heat pump or transferred into the central heating or hot water system. And the gas falls in temperature as the heat is transferred into the home and it returns to a liquid state. So this is the, this is the heat pump cycle and the cycle of reverse refrigeration repeats until your home or business reaches the required temperature setting on your thermostat. As the ground and air outside always contain some warmth, a heat pump can supply a house, heat to a house, even when it's cold outside, just like a solar panel can supply um, uh, energy even when it's cloudy. So for heat pumps to work at their best, it's also important that you have good insulation as well in your building, but that goes for any kind of heating. Now, several types of heat pumps are available, including air source, geothermal, ductless, mini-split, combination, and absorption heat pumps. I'm not going to make your eyes crossed, believe me. But really, if you want to learn more in a lot of detail about the different options and how to use your heat pump efficiently to save money and energy at home, I suggest you go to www.energy.gov slash heat pumps www.energy.gov slash heat pumps. But I'll give you a rundown. Air source heat pumps. This is the most common type of heat pump. Air source heat pumps are standalone units, roughly the same size as an air conditioning unit, which can be placed outside your home. So there's no digging or underground pipe work required. Um, it can be noisy. So you need to think about where you're going to put it. Like an air conditioner. But an air source heat pump takes heat from the air and it boosts it to a higher temperature. Air source heat pumps have been used for many years in nearly all parts of the United States, but until recently, they've not really been used in areas that experienced long periods of sub-freezing temperatures. So what's cool is now in recent years, air source heat pump technology has advanced so that it now can offer a real space heating alternative in colder regions. There are two main types of air source heat pumps. There's the air to water and the air to air. Man, Bridget is all over this. I love it. Air to water heat pumps take heat from the outside air and they feed it into your wet central heating system. That's like your central gas system, right? Air to water heat pumps may be best suited to a new building a new property or those that are already energy efficient. Air-to-air -air heat pumps take heat from the outside. They feed it into your home through fans. And this type of system can be used for heating, but can't produce hot water. So keep that in mind. It can't produce hot water with an air-to-air. Um, for uh, homes without ducts, air source heat pumps are also available in a ductless version now called a mini split heat pump. So in addition, a special type of air source heat pump called a reverse cycle chiller generates hot and cold water rather than air. And that allows it to be used with like a radiant floor heating system in a heating mode. So to summarize, for homes with ducts, ask about the difference between an air to air pump versus an air to water heat pump for you. And for homes without ducts, look into a mini split heat pump. You need to consider the location of outside units. Then you got your geothermal heat pump, sometimes called a ground source heat pump. And this is better for use in extreme climates than air source heat pumps. It has 
very high customer satisfaction rating. Geothermal heat pumps, they transfer heat between your house and the ground or a nearby water source. And although they cost more to install, geothermal heat pumps have very low operating costs because they take advantage of constant ground or water temperatures, which are pretty relatively constant. Um, a ground source heat pump system harnesses natural heat from an underground from the underground by pumping water through it in pipes. So you will have pipes here. The, the heat pump then increases the temperature and the heat is used to provide home heating or hot water. And the pump performs the same role as a boiler in a central heating system. But it uses the heat from the ground rather than burning fuel to generate heat. So ground source heat pump systems, you know, they're made of a, of a ground loop, which is a network of water pipes buried underground. And they've got, um, uh, you know, the larger your home and the heating needs, the larger the loop and the heat pump at ground level are going to be. And there's a mixture of water and antifreeze that's pumped around the ground loop and absorbs the naturally occurring heat that's stored in the ground. The water mixture is then compressed and goes through a, a heat exchanger, which extracts the heat and transfers it, transfers it right into the heat pump. And the heat is then transferred into your home heating system. So you can use them to use this heat in a radiator or for hot water or in an underfloor heating system. So to summarize, geothermal or ground source heat pumps have some real major advantages. They can reduce energy use by 30 to 60% in your home. They can control humidity. They're sturdy and reliable. They fit in a wide variety of homes and they emit low noise comparatively. Whether a geothermal heat pump is appropriate for you will depend on the size of your lot, the subsoil, and the landscape under and around your dwelling. So again, food for thought for your consultation. There's also um, something called a hybrid heat pump. A hybrid heat pump system, um, or maybe it's called a dual energy system. It basically integrates a heat pump with your traditional gas boiler heating system. Or what's really cool and what's coming are hydrogen boilers in the future. Yeah, it could integrate your heat pump with your hydrogen boiler. And a hybrid heating system monitors the temperature outside. It automatically chooses the most energy efficient option to keep your home consistently warm and your hot water running. That's kind of nice. Coming down the pike. And another one coming down the pike more and more for homes. It's been used more for businesses, but being adapted for homes is absorption heat, heat pumps, an absorption heat pump. It's a new type of heat pump um, that use heat or thermal energy as their energy source, um, can be driven with a wide variety of heat sources, um, including gas, steam, solar heated water, air or germal, geothermal heated water. So, you know, these absorption heat pumps are more complex. They require larger units compared to the others. And more is being developed about these, but I mention them because this is all developing technology that, you know, things like the IRA are helping to really uh, pour research and development into. And if we could just move our, our subsidies that taxpayers pay away from subsidizing fossil fuels and pouring it more into clean energy, we'd get even more development coming down the pike faster, right? Some really nifty innovations 
with heat pumps include having now variable speed. And there's even a groovy thing called a desuperheater, which recovers waste heat from the heat pumps cooling and uses that waste heat to heat water. <laughs> so a desuperheater equipped heat pump can heat water two to three times more efficiently than an ordinary electric water heater. Cool. So for now, we really need to make sure that our state policy and federal policy keeps moving forward in offering manufacturers and consumers real incentives to innovate and get these items into circulation and onto the market affordably. We got to keep moving that needle. So pay attention to the legislation and speak out, speak out. Say you just want it. Now, what if you don't own a home and aren't living in a single family residence, right? Like a lot of us. Well, heat pump systems are a good fit for mobile homes, for manufactured homes, due to their extreme energy efficiency. Um, they do use a compressor, you know, the two copper coils, one is inside, one's outside, uh, and a liquid refrigerant to pull heat from the surrounding air. But this system is ideal for cooling in the summer and for heating in above freezing temperatures. Note, above freezing. If freezing or below, yeah, a gas furnace or space heater is usually added. If you live in a rental, you can choose to use a portable heat pump. Now, portable heat pumps cool or warm a room in your home. Um, they can offer spot cooling and heating. So you gain a comfortable area while consuming less energy. Many units also provide dehumidifying and fan functions. So if you, if you cannot yourself replace the central HVAC system where you live, but you just want to avoid using it to save costs and to cut your carbon footprint, you might consider a portable heat pump. It works in much the same way as air conditioning units by pulling in air from the outside, warming it, releasing the warmth back into the room. And many portable heat pumps also offer a cooling mode or cycle, which allows the device to be used year round. And that's kind of nifty. You switch back and forth from cool to heat. <clears throat> and when the weather becomes cool, a portable heat, comp, heat pump operates like an air conditioner in reverse. So if you live in an area with a lot of seasonal weather changes, you know, it makes sense to have a portable unit capable of handling varied climates. Um, and it, it might be marketed as a combination heat pump or a portable air conditioner with a heater. Again, all electric. Now you can search best models for these at www hvac.com slash heat pumps slash best portable heat pumps. That's www.hvac.com slash heat pumps slash best portable heat pumps. So when I started researching this for this podcast, I, I thought, oh, you know, this is really going to be useful only for people who own their own homes because they're going to have to be able to replace the whole central heating system, right? But I was wrong about that. Happily, I've learned that there are all kinds of heat pumps for heating and cooling your home, no matter what kind of dwelling you're in, whether or not you are in a position to actually change the central heating system on the property that you own. So that's good news. And the point of this podcast then is to help you think about what kind of heat pump you might be interested in. What would be the benefit of it? How soon can you do it? What specs you might need to think about for yourself in talking to a consultant? What kind of fuel you want for your source? 
and what kind of heat pump model. The good news is that much more is coming and you can take advantage of some really good innovation and some good incentives right now. I personally can't think of a better way to honor Bridget than to figure out how to warm my home with clean energy that does not destroy our planet home, especially if I can combine air, water, fire. Neat. And something we talk about in the Green Faith Circle meetings we hold each month with Circle Sanctuary is a matter of personal empowerment that we need, each of us need to feel in the face of climate change. Whatever we each can do to improve sustainable living in our own personal practices, in our own homes, our communities, in our ecosystems, this is all spiritual practice. Living in earth-honoring ways is foundational spiritual practice in all nature-based religions. And combating the climate crisis is a moral imperative when so much is at stake. So thank you for listening again to more ways that you can build your sustainable lifestyle and advocate for clean energy accessibility and affordability for all. Well, that wraps up this installment of Blue Marble Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you value what you've heard here today, please share this information with others. Share the podcast link with your family, friends, and associates. New Blue Marble podcasts air live on the third Friday of every month and are available for listening anytime after they air through our channel on Blog Talk Radio. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash CSNP. Search for Blue Marble with Rev Charbear and you will find the archive of these podcasts. Click on any you want to hear or download for later listening. You can also follow our podcasts on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash CSN podcast. Finally, you can find a complete archive of hundreds of programs by all of our excellent podcasters on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org under the CSNP tab. Until next time. This is Char Bear signing off. Thank you for all the good you do. Stay true and blue. And hey, I hope to see you in the green space.